what's up everybody and welcome to another episode of harley's hot seat my name's harley i'm your host for this episode previous episodes and hopefully future episodes unless they decide to go with the newer version um anyway on this podcast we're going to talk about people and their passions today we're going to talk about talk to andrew siebert how are you doing today andrew i'm doing well how are you i'm doing pretty pretty good pretty good today and today we're going to be talking about your sort of brand, I guess, for lack of a better term, Big Bro Drew. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the, so I had the, um, I guess I'll just kind of give you the full backstory. I had the idea um, actually after a hookup. It was a terrible, terrible hookup. We just like, I don't know. She didn't look like how I thought she would. She didn't, she just wasn't really very fun just as like a person. I very, very quickly left. Um, and after that, I was like, you know, I feel like there's an underdeveloped market for people talking about sex, people talking about hookups, people talking about sexual assault, um, and just like general education of like, um, and people being honest about hookup culture and like what goes on, um, in like the sexual world, um, specifically on TikTok, cause I love TikTok and my roommates actually big on TikTok as well. So I kind of had the idea after that. Um, and just wanted to see if I could grow an account um, based on sexual education and also sexual assault um, and kind of just blew up uh, off of like a sex vlog that I made <laughs> um, and had like a few other like sexual education videos do well after that, um, but quickly gained a following in like a matter of like a month um, and it's led to like some cool, some cool stuff. So we're going to see if I can continue to grow and continue to do some interesting topics, but yeah, based on the backstory. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, I think that's really cool. They are able to bring such a sort of like a taboo topic, taboo topic um, to light. Cause not a lot of people talk about this and you know, it's, I think it's cool that TikTok has given you sort of a platform where you're able to not only like share your experience and give advice, but also, like you said, talk about sexual assault and shine light on such like an, an important topic. Yeah, absolutely. And like I going into it, I had only really seen, I think, two or th maybe three creators on TikTok. I had I had seen that they actually had all had like pretty decent followings. Um, and I kind of felt like their content wasn't that great. Like I had only seen one of them was a, I believe, gynecologist. The other guy was it was it was a guy who was, I think, 30 and he just kind of looked slimy and like his content just wasn't that great. Like his videos weren't crisp. Like he wasn't really talking about much. Like it was kind of just fluff content. So I felt like there was kind of a hole there. Um, and I feel like especially young impressionable youth need some sort of education because a lot of their education that they're getting is from social media, like bad influences on like body dysmorphia and, you know, people sort of like, not being honest about sex or, you know, porn websites like Pornhub that just give you an unrealistic version of what sex is and promote like unhealthy habits. Um, so I, I, I felt like there was sort of a hole there. Um, and I had like never really seen anyone talk about um, sexual assault, particularly um, men um, speak up about sexual assault, which is a whole issue in itself about why men don't speak up. But I also felt like if a man was able to give a platform it would help other guys that don't speak up feel less alone, but also just men have inherent privilege, unfortunately, in our society where 
a lot of people are going to listen to a guy versus a girl and and the reality of sexual assault is people think that it's a woman issue like because there's so many female victims there's a majority are female victims but it's a male issue like the the men are the ones that are doing the sexual assaults and a lot of times they don't even know that they're doing it so if there's a guy telling you to ask for consent and tell you ways to ask for consent give you positive sexual education they're going to be much more likely to listen to it than unfortunately a girl you know so that's kind of that's kind of where my mindset is i guess <laughs> yeah I, I i think i totally agree i think it is with the whole stigma and everything that i they just might take that advice a little bit better and i think it's awesome that you're you know you're actually doing this like because you know people like talk about consent and they're like consent is sexy and all that stuff like with the tagline but i mm -hmm. I know in a few of your videos, you go and sort of, sort of like detail, like how to ask for consent or if like saying a certain thing that doesn't mean consent, consent. Right. Absolutely. And like, I think consent is sexy is actually something that I might change. I might change it. My I, next idea is like consent is everything instead of consent is sexy. But the reality of the situation is the tagline is never going to do anything justice. It's a, it's a dull down version. Um, but you're right. Like people don't know so a lot of people don't even know what consent is for one and then a lot of people do but think that it's just a rule um and a lot of times people think that it's a mood killer um but the point of like consent is sexy is just to put a positive spin on consent because my opinion is like people either don't know about it or they think that it's uh almost like a negative thing um so just sort of changing that narrative to turn it into something that people can you know, have it be normal, but also like flip it into something positive where, no, it's not a mood killer. Like you can ask it in different ways. There's, you know, different times in, in a sexual setting where you, where you can ask for consent. Um, and it's just generally like, again, like I keep saying, flipping it from something that's negative to positive because in any sort of situation, a privilege, particularly white male, is never going to listen to a just rule, even jail time. You threaten that you threat you threaten someone with privilege with jail time. When's the last time that's worked? <laughs> never. So just flipping consent from something negative to positive, I think will has will help people like take in consent a little bit better. I I totally and I like I like how you see that. I think that's really awesome. And I think that like the term consent is everything. I think that's a great tagline. Yeah, it's because I understand like the the drawbacks of consent is sexy. It's it can it can be dulling down consent, you know, make it seem like consent is just something that's merely desirable and not like required. But mm -hmm. again, consent is everything, consent is sexy. Honestly, I think that they're both good. Um, and I say good, not great or spectacular because at the end of the day, they're just both taglines. The, the point of my account isn't, isn't a tagline. It's to, you know, have people click on my videos and actually like learn, actually feel like there's a safe space there, feel like there's a, a voice and like get some humor. You know, if they watch the sex vlogs, I mean, they're watching a guy <laughs> vlog, vlog a hookup, which is literally like never happened, probably for good reason, but you know, something different, but also like, you know, not feel alone and get like some real education and a tagline just kind of, you know, summing all that up, which is like a little bit impossible at the end of the day. 
Yeah, it's, I, I think it's true. I, I studied advertising and PR and stuff, so I understand, like, you know, taglines, they, they can't necessarily get the mo- the majority of the message, but I think they get the sort of like the top of the nail, you know, and you're exactly, able to yeah. and explain how it is. But, um, yeah, but I also think you have a really good sort of diverse section of content because you have your consent videos, you have your educational videos. And then I swear, I think the first TikTok I saw was a sex vlog video, and I thought it was the <laughs> funniest thing. So I thought it was so funny. Yeah, I so I had the idea. Um, I was talking to my roommate about it because he he's made some vlogs on um youtube he's like a big musically he used to be a big musically guy i don't know if you know that app but mm-hmm. maybe some listeners will know that app um and he's on tiktok and he's made some vlogs and i was like just discussing the idea like before i went to hook up with this girl at 2 a.m and i was like what if i just like vlogged my experience of what goes on in a hookup just kind of whatever and at this point i kid you not the first one i had 21 followers um, I had made like three or four videos that like did okay for like, you know, first three or four videos. And then that one, I like right after I posted it, just like blew up and was like the first like blow up one. Um, and again, like when I made it, it was kind of just like a joke, but rather like intentional, but like more of on like the joking side of like, this is kind of like, I, I understand that it's ridiculous, but um, the second one, you know, I kind of cleaned up my act a little bit. Um, and I don't know if you've seen the third one because they actually took down the third one because there were a lot of fights in the comments, but um, it was a little different because the first two ones were kind of just like giving a positive experience uh, or a positive view on my experience. And the third one didn't turn out to be that way. Um, and I was debating on posting it or not because I figured people wouldn't enjoy me being extremely honest about how it went because it was negative but i also wanted to sort of tell people that look i'm a human every time i have sex isn't always going to be good and it's like ridiculous to think that or hold yourself to a high standard every single time that sex is going to be good because i mean you're human like i said before and like there's so many variables especially with sex i mean you can drink too much water you can like just have a really hard workout that that day maybe you're just like really stressed and like you're like she's just uncomfortable you know there's there's so many variables so i felt like that one was probably the most like uncomfortable to watch because it took such a turn but at the same time i i felt like it was extremely important to not just give impressionable youth the idea that every single time you have sex you need to be perfect at it, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, yeah, I totally get it. Um, yeah, growing up, you know, I was always told, you know, it's not always going to be good. And that's the honest truth. It's not always going to be good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think for men, like, it's different because I think, in at least in my experience, girls are told that almost every time it isn't going to be good, which is ridiculous. And men are told that every time it's supposed to be good. Um, which both in their own ways is ridiculous. Like it, it tells men that they're, that they need to perform every time. And it tells women that sex is in a way meaningless and like is only for the man's pleasure, which both, both strikes are extremely stupid. <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure that the vlogs were real. Cause at the end of the day, like it's just 
comical like that anyone would want to put that in the internet but you got to be real at the end of the day i want to be real so <laughs> it's true it's true to be honest what i think what i think people should start being like is like it's like a coin flip it's gonna go it's like a 50 50 chance it's either gonna be good or bad you know Together. yeah and i think like the the point of my account also is like I understand that not every time is going to be good. I have like a decent amount of experience with sex just because honestly, like everyone asked me, like every, people love to ask me my body count. Now my body count is really not that high. It is, I think like 18, if anyone's wondering. Um, but I've had more long-term girlfriends, which is where I've gotten my like sexual experience from. But like the point of my account is to recognize that like sex isn't always good. And especially I feel like now with, a younger generation it's probably even worse because they've had a lack of social like interaction but i'm still gonna draw on my own personal experience my own research um and what i know to make to make it not just a 50 50 coin flip you know like give you the best like idea and like change your perspective on like what sex should be like adding consent like things that you can do, like go in, like knowing each other's anatomies and like what's going to work well and what's like conclusively not going to be good type things. So. I like that. I like that a lot. I think that's really cool. Trying out here. <laughs> and I had like, uh, so again, I had like the sex education idea um, and the sex content idea after a bad hookup, but to be honest, um, someone had asked me, like, did you ever see yourself like in this position, like having, a, I guess, like, I guess now I have like a fan base, but yeah, like a fan base and like a following where you could talk about the things that you're talking about. And to be honest, no, like I never thought that millions of people would <laughs> see me vlogging my sex. But at one point I was, so I was, I guess I didn't say this yet. I was sexually assaulted in junior year of my high school, the fall of my junior year. Um, at a party by this girl that I like kind of knew, like she went to my high school. I didn't really, really know her, but, um, it, especially after it happened, I like went through a ton. Like I had like horrible, horrible nightmares. Um, I wasn't able to trust girls. And at that point I had been like a very sexual person, like up until then, even like in middle school, I was like ahead of the game, like sexually, um, and after that, it kind of like stopped for like a year. Um, and I like my anxiety went through the roof and crap like that. Um, it wasn't until I got a girlfriend a year and a half after that I was like basically like able to start my healing process. And especially like being a man um, and I'm a pretty large person, like I'm, I was six foot three and like on every varsity sport. So that sort of idea and what this happens to a, a lot of men and what I'm planning on continuing to talk about is, you know, people don't believe you in that situation. Like I, I told some of my friends, they didn't understand the situation. Like what the heck, like how is a, a, a tiny girl gonna, you know, sexually assault you? That doesn't make sense. You're six foot three and a massive athlete. Like what the heck's going on? Um, it's just like not comprehensible. Um, so it, it keeps men from talking because it's like, you're taking away their like manlyhood and their confidence and it's already taken away. So why would they talk about it? Which leads to way more issues um, down the line, like an increase in all of the negative effects of sexual assault. But anyway, where I'm going with this, um, there was one particular night I was in my bedroom. I had just moved into like a different room in my house. So I was like very much away from my parents and sister. And I felt very like 
separated and it was like previous to that, I had like five nights in a row where it was just vicious, vicious nightmares. And I think it was like two in the morning and I didn't want to go to sleep. So I pull out my phone and I'd, I started watching this video I found off of Twitter of Terry Crews. I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's his name. Terry Crews, the big like Old Spice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was talking on, it was either a TED Talk or some sort of award show. I'm sure somebody listening might know. But he did a, a very long speech about how he was sexually assaulted. And I believe it was in the film industry in his case, but how he kept it you know, to himself for years upon years and how it affected him. And I like, it didn't really affect me. Like it didn't make me feel bad or overwhelmed or triggered or anything like that. I just remember thinking like, man, maybe one day I'll have like some sort of platform. I'll get famous off of something and I can do something like that where like I can turn this like really shitty week, this really shitty event into something like good. So to answer that person's question, did you ever see yourself in this position? Absolutely. Yes. I didn't really think that like it would be this fast. Like it's only like, it's only a few years after high school for me, but, um, and not exactly in the way that I thought, like, obviously I couldn't envision TikTok then, <laughs> but I did at one point envision that. Um, and I think after that, watching that Terry Crews thing, that was always like in the back of my mind of, I, really want to turn this good event or a bad event into something good. And I previously had been doing that um, through my school. Um, I, I've and still doing a lot of work um, in my club sports um, or my club sports department because there was a sexual assault um, with one of my team members um, and it was handled just absolutely poorly. And there's no language almost anywhere in the United States about how to handle sexual assault in a team setting. So I've been doing a ton of work um, trying to get some sort of writing, get some sort of education and stuff like that. Um, I also did like a little bit of stuff like in high school, but this is definitely like, I think my ideal scenario as far as making the largest impact um, on people. And it's just like, um, the, the amount of Instagram DMS and comments and things about, how people aren't like, especially guys, um, but also girls, um, because obviously they can relate to my experience. Um, the amount of Instagram DMs, messages, comments, whatever it may be, um, that I'm helping them is like been extremely overwhelming and honestly, like a new sort of like emotion that I have to deal with. But something that again, like I, I dreamed of <laughs> when I was really going through it. <laughs> Oh, first off, man, I'm I'm really sorry that happened to you. I don't think much. I would never wish that upon anybody. But I think it's so inspiring that you're able to take a previous thing that happened to you and sort of flip it and turn it into something positive to help other people. I think that's incredible. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the goal. And especially, I think with with male sexual assault, it's just not talked about enough. Um, I think in general, just people don't think it think it happens, which is, I mean pretty ridiculous um i don't know the numbers on like um male sexual assault like a female sexually assaulting a male but i know that like there are pretty large numbers of male on male um and it's a really really large issue in my opinion i think like i know that there's millions of sexual assault survivors um that are male um but the problem like i said before is that men t- 
talk about it at a significantly less rate, significantly lower rate than women. Um, and it leads to those issues that come with sexual assault survivors um, to just increase exponentially. Like, like I said, just anxiety, suicide, drug addiction, um, and then potentially inspire them to, you know, go get help, talk about it, stuff like that. That's going to, you know, benefit them. So that's at least the, the goal, but it's again, led to some interesting things because it's obviously my account is not fully that um, it's also sex vlogs and talking about anal sex and deep spots and different anatomies and stuff. But that's also like something that I've grown passionate about just because like I said, my, I've always been a sexual person. And interestingly enough, I'll mention this right now in case anyone doesn't know. Um, I made a couple of videos about this. A lot of people think that sexual assault survivors um, always become hyposexual. I'm, again, I made a video about this. Um, that's oftentimes not the case. Um, in And again, since I talked about my timeline, my timeline was in the year after my sexual assault, I was extremely hyposexual. I didn't trust girls. I didn't want any type of um, sexual encounter at all because it just made me completely nervous. I didn't want to relive anything close to what had happened. Um, but then after that, um, I became extremely hypersexual, like to the point where that was way more than the event. Um, and that's extremely common for both men and women to become hypersexual. And I think the the sort of ide the ideology and the 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 mental mi the mindset behind it is you're trying to subconsciously replace that bad sexual event with a good one, right? Like I had this horrible sexual event. Let me try to replace, 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 and forget about it. Um, so that's sort of where my like sexual passion came from is because I also became very hypersexual. Um, so I, <laughs> I guess there's a, there, you know, there's a little bit of both, but I think it's an important thing to talk about because a lot of people after they, um, experience a sexual assault or any sexual violence think that it's extremely weird that their sex drive goes up, but you know, there's some sort of psychological, uh, science behind it. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, I totally agree. Um, and like I said, I think it's really cool. Uh, you talk about something so important, but you're able then to like, you know, make the sex vlogs, do all of these videos about, you know, teaching, teaching your audience about new things. And I wanted to know what has been the best and the worst advice you've received about sex? Oh, man. Gosh, I think the worst, the worst advice I have ever received was that. This is okay. This is oddly specific. I hope that's not terrible. But the worst advice I ever received was from a guy that was two years older than me. And he said, if you want to make a girl orgasm, you have to take your entire hand and do wax on, wax off on her clit, which is just insane. That it, like, it's, I, I tried it once and it, it just doesn't work. And I was very young. Um, it's just insane. I, I, I think that he got it from like porn or something. I don't know. But I think oh it was, it ended up being good. I know it was insane. I think, <laughs> I think it ended up being good for me because it went so poorly. So then I decided to do my own research. Um, and I encourage anyone to do research. And when I say research, I mean like WikiHow is a great, a great website. You know, they explain things well, but also just like looking at like studies and understanding anatomy and why they do not do that. There are plenty of things that you can do. I offer many advice, many, many pieces of advice on my account, which you can go check out. But that is not one of them. Um, I think the best advice I've received about sex um, is actually from my dad. 
Um, it was right after I had lost my virginity. Um, I told him first because you know we share a name. Aim. We're pretty close, um, and I felt comfortable. But his advice was to just like be careful, and not in the sense of you know don't get a girl pregnant, don't get an STD, but more so be careful with your own emotions and be careful with her emotions um, or him, which I later discovered that I was into. Um, but be careful because once you have sex, um, he said something like. Once I've had sex with a girl, it is very hard to get rid of her, which, you know, is somewhat uh, conceited of him to say. But I think, like, he then explained that there's a lot more to sex than just feeling good and making the other person feel good. There's emotional attachment. There's, you know, physical attachment. And you just have to be careful with um, how you're making the other person feel before, during, and after. Um, which I think is really important. No, but I, I really think, I think that is very important. I, I, cause you know, I think your dad's right. There is a lot more that plays in a role when, when it does come to sex. It's not just, you know, like the physical stuff you, it's like, a, I don't want to say necessarily like a mind game, but it's like, you definitely have to think about what's going to happen before the end. You know, I think you have to establish what the relationship is going to be, whether like, it's going to be like a friends with benefits thing. It's like a feelings thing. Or you're just kind of like a one night stand. I remember going to see you again type thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to take into account like their emotional availability and like sort of talk about that, I think is, is pretty important because especially if, you know, it goes bad or if it goes extremely good, there's a lot of emotion that happens. And I think people hate hookup culture because People don't talk about that enough um, and they're just kind of blindly having sex and treating each other as two bodies. But I think it's very important to think about the human side and like really think about the person's feelings, obviously. Um, but I think, I think a lot of people like are extremely cognizant of that, but it seems to be becoming more and more apparent to me that a lot of people in particular, like, the younger generation aren't doing that anymore, which kind of sucks. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, uh, yeah, I think they're kind of screwing it up. They're they're not they're doing it to themselves, to be honest. Just, I agree. You know, <laughs> now, I agree. Right? Uh, like, because now nobody really wants, or like the younger. Gen- I don't want to say younger. I'm I'm 22, but the people younger than me, but also in my generation, the younger people of my generation, I guess. They're yes. They're just taking the hookup culture as just like the hookup. Like there's like this is it. And Which I think is fine, but the the problem mm-hmm. with it is they're not taking a pause ever to acknowledge that the other person is a human, um, which I think can be destructive to themselves and also the other person. I agree. I think your content's being a great way of like sort of showing off that message and being able to help younger people figure out. You know, like this is this is what you should keep in count of. Don't don't just forget the condom. You know, make sure to have that conversation. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Andrew. Um. So, how old are you? I'm also 22. Just turned 22. 22. <laughs> just kidding. Only 22. Taylor Swift vibes. Love <laughs> it. Um. So you're 22 now. Um. What would you, out of all the things you've learned throughout, you know, these last couple of years and 
majority of your life, I guess, what would you, what do you wish that you could tell your younger self when it comes to this? I think talk more is the biggest one. Um, and go to therapy earlier. <laughs> um, because I think for one, everyone can use therapy no matter who you are. And I think there's a sort of negative connotation of what therapy means. You don't have to be fucked up to want to go to therapy. Um, but I think that sort of revolves around every, the more I talk, the more myself I feel and the more myself I can project to other people, which helps me be more confident and helps me heal where when I'm not talking and I feel shut down, that's when things go wrong. And especially my younger self, that's what I, I mean. That's what I did for a very long time, which was destructive um, and I think just like the more myself I became, the more, um, positive I am as a person and also the more positive effect I can have on people. Um, and to just like not care, like I wouldn't, I, I think two years ago i made, I was comfortable talking about my sexual assault, comfortable talking about sex and things with kind of whoever, but like, I never got to a point where. I didn't care about people's reactions. Like I was still talking when I, when I would talk to people, I would still care about what they think. Still want to hear about um, their opinion when I kind of just shouldn't have um, some people's opinions. I care about like my sister and my dad, my, my certain friends, but in general, I would care too much about people's opinion of me, which is like ridiculous. Um, and I think now I've sort of just dropped that um, and just understood that, I'm confident in myself, confident in the things that I'm putting on the internet, um, confident in myself enough to do OnlyFans, for example, um, and just being unapologetically myself, which is <laughs> a little cliche, but to just try to just try to work on that and like do that earlier because it, it can pay dividends. I love that. I think that's I think that's a really good. I think all of that is really good advice. Of course, I told my I could tell myself some of that, my younger self. And also to tell my younger self that should have waited, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know if I, I don't know if I told my younger self that honestly. I was because my when I got I, when I I'm assuming you're talking about losing your virginity, right? Yes. Yeah. I, when I lost my virginity, it was to a person that I didn't end up liking eventually. But I am glad that it happened like in a safe setting and you know it was still okay <laughs> i i agree and it's gonna i hope no, nobody like listens to, i hope not my grandparents listen to this, and i especially hope the dude doesn't listen to this um but i was in such a rush to get over it that i just i mean i trusted him i still trust him and really good friends but then it got complicated because i didn't take account of my feelings and it, it just got weird i mean we're fine we're good now but it's like still weird to me in my brain like every time like we talk, I'm just like, how are you back in my life? Like we were, we, this is over. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's like kind of why I think I think a lot of people that have watched my account like think that I'm more of a, a hookup person, obviously because I've made three sex vlogs. But that's 110 percent why. Like I personally just way prefer relationships because. You, you don't have to deal with that. Like you can talk about your emotional availability, like sexual encounters are just like not awkward, not like watered down. Um, but again, like people can think what they want. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I know that like 
I prefer that stuff, but you know, I don't mind. I don't mind like being the guy that vlogged his hoe phase. If that makes sense. <laughs> um, to be honest, I kind of idolize you for that. I, I, you know, it's it. I got. I think the funniest. Uh, obviously, I've gotten a ton of hate comments for good reason. Um, but someone DM'd me on Instagram and tried to flame me and say some stuff like, "It is just absolutely appalling that you can craft this." You can craft this TikTok identity just to use it to to get sex and to perfect this image that um, gets you hookups. And I'm like, okay, first of all, you have no idea who I am. And at that point, I had, I think, like 60,000 followers, um, which in the grand scheme of things, you know, isn't that much. It's a good number, but it's not that much. And I was like, this this person is utterly ridiculous. Like, not only do you not know who I am, but you think that I need a TikTok account with sixty thousand followers to get hookups? Like, let's let's be real about this. Like, that's, that is absolutely not something that like I'm thinking of. Like, it's, for me to think about that, like as an at like TikTok as an avenue to hook up, which is just insane. Although I, the funniest comments have been like, I guess TikTok is a dating app now, but honestly, it's been like that for a year. I mean, people post their straps and. I don't know why people think that's a new thing. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You know, what a weird world we live in. What a weird world world we live in. <laughs> I think I'm just the one that's like actually being honest about the logistics of it, I guess. <laughs> hey, honesty is the best policy. For sure. Yeah. All righty. Well, unfortunately, we have come to the end of this episode of Harley's Hot Seat. But, Andrew, thank you so much for being on it. I really enjoyed this episode, and I think what you're doing is really awesome. I really appreciate that. Yeah, and thank you for having me on. It was an amazing conversation. <laughs> hey, I love that. I love having – I love good conversations. Now, go ahead and share with the world where they can find you on via social media if they have questions and whatnot. You can absolutely find me on TikTok. Um you can also find me on Instagram at abcybert or at Big Bro Drew. I respond to almost all DMs. You can also find me on OnlyFans at Big Bro Drew and Twitter at abcybert. All right. Awesome. So, yeah, give him a follow. Check out his videos. Learn that consent is good, consent is sexy, and all of the amazing things. And also check out his sex vlogs because those things crack me up. So, Oh, they're so funny. And uh, yeah, so thank you again. And a huge thank you to everybody who's been listening. Whether this is the first episode or you've been here since episode one, I really do appreciate it. And if you have a passion you want to talk about or know somebody who does, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram or Twitter at harj98. Also, check out Harley's Hot Seat's Instagram, which is just basically Harley's Hot Seat. And with that, have a fantabulous rest of your day.